Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. Friends, I'm so excited about today's episode. Today, we're talking about what to look for in a best friend and how to stay close to your best friends once you've found them. And there is no better person for me to talk to about this than my very best friend in the whole entire world, Michelle Windhausen. I can't believe this, but Michelle and I have been best friends for over 25 years. We've been through so much together, middle school, high school, college, figuring out what we wanna do with our lives, meeting and marrying our husbands. And now we have five beautiful daughters between the two of us, including, oh my gosh, two sets of identical twins, which <laughs> is the craziest thing that has happened to either of us. And especially that it's happened to both of us. And we're gonna tell the whole story in this episode. It is wild. In this episode, we're also talking about what it is about our friendship that's made it last so long. We're talking about how to maintain friendships, what qualities we should be looking for in a best friend, whether or not it's possible to have more than one best friend, and that's just the beginning. I loved this conversation, and I love Michelle, and I cannot wait for you to get to hear from her again. But before we dive in, speaking of best friends, there is nothing I love more than a girl's trip. Friendship plus travel, truly, is there anything better? Nothing leaves me feeling more inspired, more rested, or more like my very best self than an adventure with my best girls. It's truly my favorite form of self-care. I was meeting up with Michelle, actually, and two of our other best friends at a lake in Minnesota this last summer when we decided that we needed matching girls' trip t-shirts. Wanted? No. Needed? Absolutely. The problem was we couldn't find anything we liked. We scoured the internet and we could not find anything that was our style, first of all. And then a lot of the shirts that we did find had phrases that we just didn't really resonate with. So what we ended up doing was buying some shirts that none of us were particularly excited about, but they were kind of fun for a photo or two. And it was while we were on that girl's trip, while I was wearing that t-shirt actually, that I had an idea. They say if you can't find the thing you're looking for, maybe you should make it. And so that's what I did. Over the next several months, I designed an apparel collection that's basically travel plus best friendship and everything is super duper comfy, which is very important to me. The shop is called The Girl's Trip Gift Shop and it's been this wonderful passion project for me over the last handful of months. Friends, whether you're dusting off your passport, planning a weekend away or a staycation at home, these buttery soft t-shirts and sweatshirts make for the perfect gift, accessory and souvenir. They also make for the best girl's trip photos. We made sure of it. We also have a collection that's perfect for you if you don't necessarily have a trip coming up, but you're always dreaming of your next travel destination. And the other thing I wanted to make sure to tell you guys is a lot of our styles are customizable. So that makes for girls trip gear that's as unique and special as you are. I'm actually headed to New York with my mother-in-law and my sisters-in-law in just a few weeks. And I'm gonna be creating a customized shirt just for us that's gonna be super fun to curl up in at the end of the day, but also make for a really fun souvenir of our time together. We also have a collection that's perfect for you if you don't necessarily have a trip coming up, but you're always dreaming of your next travel destination, which is me. To check it all out, just head to girlstripgiftshop.com. Again, that's girlstripgiftshop.com. Friends, this has been such a fun project to work on and I am so honored to get to share it with you. Here's some more adventures with the people we love and to wearing really cute shirts along the way. To check it out, just head to girlstripgiftshop.com. Again, that's girlstripgiftshop.com. Friends, this has been such a fun project to work on and I'm so honored to get to share it with you. All right, with that said, let's jump into today's episode. Here's my conversation with Michelle. Okay, you guys, I cannot tell you how excited I am for our guest today. I'm sitting here with my actual real life best friend in the whole world, Michelle Windhausen. Michelle, hello. thank you for coming on Girls Night. Oh, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, this is so fun. Um, Michelle, you have been on the show. Is, is this your third time? This is my third time. time. I was thinking about third it time. earlier. And I think the first time was like four years ago. Because I was in my old house. Weird. And it was like the breakup one. And then we yes. did... A, then I was on again when we did the how to be friends like in different er, different times of your life with Kelsey and Shannon. Yes, I love that. Okay, um, we'll link to those episodes in the show notes, you guys, because they are 
two of my favorite episodes of all time. Um, Michelle, for women who haven't gotten to meet you yet, can you tell us? This is so funny. <laughs> like you guys, I'm sitting here with like my like my best friend. But okay, I have my podcast face on. Right. How does it look? Yep, yep. <laughs> Michelle, for those who don't know you, tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself. Okay, cool. Um, so my name's Michelle. Um, I am Stephanie's uh, childhood best friend. Um, I am not an influencer in any way. I only have like 500 followers on Instagram and they're all like my friends. So Stephanie and I are <laughs> pretty different. I'm not like, um, yeah, I'm not a writer or a speaker, but I am just a normal corporate <laughs> corporate lady. So um, I uh, have lived in Colorado my entire life, including now. And that's where I met Steph. I live outside of Denver, Colorado. And my husband is named Alan. And he's a big old burly lumberjack looking dude who is a... He's a head brewer of a gluten-free brewery here in Colorado. Um, we've been We've known each other for about 10 years, married for about seven. Um, I have three kids kids. Um, Mabel is my oldest. She's four. And then I also have identical twins like Stephanie, which is just mind-blowing. And maybe we can like talk on that later. Biggest surprise, weird thing in my life. Um, And yeah, what do I do? I am an immigration manager for a global civil engineering company. Um, Stop laughing. (laughs) It sounds... It's just, you know... No, I I actually love my job. Um, I have worked in immigration law for the last 10 years. Um, I basically work in-house and help um, walk our managers and employees about how to remain compliant to work authorization and green cards and blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm really nerdy about it. I really like it. Um, I don't think I'll ever change. Um, And I guess... um, Fun fact, baby. Fun fact. Uh, well, the one thing, I'll, another thing I wanted to say about myself is that my biggest passion in my entire life is music. Steph knows this, but um, I love, love, love music. Have since I was a kid. Definitely took Stephanie to her first emo show when we were like 13 years old. <laughs> All of my emo shows. Not the first, the second, the hundred. Uh, yes, I was a former <laughs> emo kid. Still an emo kid. It's so funny that it's like making it a resurgence because I'm like, y'all are... You guys are posers. You don't even know what emo is. <laughs> um, but I'm you not called a poser. Back back really the day too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I collect vinyl with my husband. I've been to hundreds of concerts and that's where all my money goes. Um, after <laughs> it goes to my kids. So first kids, uh-huh. then music. Um, fun fact. I guess like, um, I was kind of trying to think. I have a few. But, you know, I guess my new fun fact is that I, I've had two pregnancies once with my four-year-old, once with my twins. And I feel like the way that the pregnancies have shaped, shaked out, I've, I have experienced the majority of what you can experience in pregnancy in the, in the, two, pre- in the two pregnancies, if that makes sense. So okay. to kind of clarify, with my older daughter, we um, got pregnant naturally. Um, she was a singleton and I delivered vaginally. And then my second pregnancy... And you got pregnant quickly. Sorry? And you got pregnant quickly. And I got pregnant very quickly. Yes, great. So pregnant very quickly, natural, singleton, natural birth. Second time around, <laughs> um, IVF. Uh, did not get pregnant quickly because I have a heart condition. So we spent about six months wondering if I could even carry more kids. Um, twins. And C-section. And so, NICU. Sorry? And NICU. And NICU. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I've only been pregnant twice, but I feel like I've gotten the whole gamut of usually a lot of what I've kind of experienced it all. <laughs> all done. All done. <laughs> all done. And I'm all done. <laughs> so that's, I guess, my fun fact. I don't know if it's that fun, okay. but I think it's kind of cool for myself. Okay. okay. I like it. I okay, like thank it. Thank you. I was going to come up with a bunch of different fun facts, but we could be here all day. Okay. I do think that we should pause for a second and tell the story about how we found out that you were having identical twins because it is the craziest. We need someone, if someone is math mathematically inclined who's listening, can you please help us with the odds on this? Because, right. um, so you thought it was really crazy when I told you 
I was having twins, right? The biggest shock of my life before I found out I was having twins was you having twins. Um, yeah, I remember like you, so you were doing IVF and I like knew, we, I was like obviously heavily invested and in, not involved, but like involved emotionally. And um, I knew that you had done the embryo transfer. I knew that you were pregnant. Um, but you and Carl sent me a box with the ultrasound. And I remember it was just, just blew my mind because it just never, I don't know. It didn't enter the realm of possibility. And I like remember telling people, I like thought it was this cool thing. Like, oh my God, my best friend's having identical twins. Like, how cool is that? And, you know, told everybody and felt like so cool that I knew someone with identical twins, blah, blah, blah. Okay, can I tell how you found out? Yeah, <laughs> if you'd like. <laughs> Well, so like, okay, so Michelle knows that I have twins. Then she, we know that she's doing IVF. We knew that she, and I like, I hope it's okay. We both had one healthy embryo. Yes. Um, so true. neither of us, a lot of people think that when you do IVF, that you, like a lot of people who do fertility treatments end up with twins, but a lot of times it's because they put two embryos in. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you have just a way better shot. Right. Um, for us, we only each had one healthy embryo. And so we didn't, think that we were going to have one more than one kid. Either of us, or, neither of us thought honestly, that we were going to have more than one kid. one kid. Like, I think that both of or you one were like, both of us were like, oh my God, we only have one chance. We both yeah. only have one embryo. Like I had to call in sick on the day that I knew that I was, that they were going to call me to tell me I was pregnant because I was a basket case. Like I thought mm -hmm. they were going to call oh. me and tell me that like, it didn't, it work, didn't work and I wasted all this money, you know? Yeah. So anyway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, so you went to the doctor. <laughs> And you were, I was in Denver. Thank goodness. Yeah. I was in Denver visiting and you were supposed to come over to my parents' house. And so you went to the doctor and you came over and you looked just like ashen. And I was like, Michelle, what is, like, are you okay? Like, I, I thought that something bad happened because you just, you looked so <laughs> shaken up. And you looked at me and you said, I'm having identical twins. And I did not skip a beat. I just said, Shut up. No, you said that's like not the, funny. No, your face went completely... <laughs> your face dropped and you said, that's not funny. Like you actually and you were like, legitimately thought that I was like making a joke. Yeah. And you go, I know it's not. And you just started crying. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. And you handed me the ultrasound and there were two babies on it. Yeah. And I like, we like... Mabel was there. We were like, Mabel, go play with like anyone else. Yeah. We just, and you and I just like ran outside and just sat there for a second. And like, I mean, I'm showing Carl the ultrasound. It was just, it was, that was the second biggest shock of my life was well, you. The thing that's like crazy. And I, I, I always tell people this when I talk to them about like finding out that I was having twins. Like, I feel like some of the time people at least in when have the realm of possible, like they have a, in their head, they have thought, it is possible I will have twins. Like, I think that probably most people when they're trying to have kids or, or if they're newly pregnant, they think, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you had twins, blah, blah, blah. In my deep subconscious, like, I don't actually even remember thinking this, like, consciously, but I think in my deep subconscious and in my heart, I thought, Stephanie had twins, therefore there is literally no way there is no possibility in this universe that I'm going to have twins. So to say that I almost feel like my shock was even bigger because that just was like a non thing in my head. Like we would never mm -hmm. both have twins. Um, yeah. The odds would like be I like, took the yeah, I took the odds. It's yes, like you took the odds. They say for like me. however many yes. in. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, someone should figure out the math. But Stephanie and I are literally, it's not even like we're like tangentially related. Like we've been best friends since we were eight and we both have identical twin girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like so shocking. Um, when you sent over, uh, I have everyone fill out a little bit of information before they come on the show. If I don't know if I've ever told you guys that, mm. but Michelle sent her bio over and it said that she has identical... She said, uh, like, Michelle's also an identical twin mom. And I got surprised all over again. <laughs> like, I just... Like, oh my gosh. It's it, like, it's truly... It's just... It's absolutely... It's bonkers. It's it wackadoo, so man. It's, it is... Yeah. I'm sure that you're like the same way with Carl, but like... I just have these days where I like walk into the nursery and I'm like, there's two of you. That's so weird. 
Uh-huh. And you look exactly yeah, like. Yeah. So you look exactly yep. like. Yeah. They're yep. both girls. They're all girls. Um, yep. They have met the girls. My girls are a little bit older, and so they they're about a year and three months older, something like that. Uh, yes, a year and five. That's correct. I don't know, something a year like and that. a half ish. Um, but they so they talk about Penny and Ada, and it's like just so cute. Yeah. Anyway, okay, we really need to cute. we need to get to the thing, <laughs> Michelle. Okay. I wanted to have you on the show because one, I just my favorite part about the show is that. The reason it started is because I have always gotten to have such great conversations with the women in my life. Mm. And I just always felt like, that is so good. The thing that you just said, Michelle, like I wish that I could have bottled that and shared it with someone, Mm. you know? And it just isn't as good if I'm like, well, my best friend Michelle says, you know, it's just so much easier if everyone can hear from you. And so right. that's why I started this show. And so we do have, you know, people on who have books and, you know, who do all kinds of things. But like, you are one of the people who has, you have made like the biggest impact on my life out of honestly, pretty much everybody. I, yeah. I'm like, try not to compare you to my parents or Carl, you know, right. whatever. Right. So thus the pretty much. Right. Um, but... And, and you're the one who's speaking into my life all the time. Mm. And the other thing is that you are a truly incredible friend. Um, and you also have a really, really great group of friends. And so what I wanted to talk about today was I just, I wanted people to be able to kind of peek into your brain mm. to see like some of the things that you do to intentionally cultivate friends because you you do that really, really well. Mm. Um, also some of the things that you look for in friends because... You and I were talking about this a little bit, but you have always had great friends Mm. and you've always had a lot of friends. Mm. And that's not everybody's story. But I think because you have like such a wide, like you really are a friendship expert. Like you have spent so much time being a great friend um, and cultivating friendships. And so I I want to, to pick your brain a little bit about what that's looked like. And so, um, I did the math. Oh, Lord. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> you, well, you said we met when we were eight. I did the math. That's like almost 27 years yep. ago. Yep. Like, holy cannoli. That's yep. a long time. Yep. Um, we need to do something awesome for our 30th. Uh, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. We're, we're having an anniversary <laughs> trip. <laughs> um, but, I, okay, so I'm a little bit nervous about this because there are all kinds of directions you could go with this story. And okay. one of them has to do with potpourri. Um, oh, Lord. Michelle, will you just give a little bit of background for everyone listening about like how you and I met and what our friendship has looked like over the years? Yes. Uh, Thank you for all those (laughs) kind words. Um, I love you, boo. Um, You are Um, also my longest, deepest, best friend. Um, So, okay. So, man, where do I start? So we met... I mean, this is pretty simple. We met because we... (laughs) When we were eight years old, we convinced our parents to put us in a writing camp over fall break at school. So like fall break happened, Stephanie and I individually were like, no, I want to go to more school. So we went to a writing camp and we met each other there. Did we pick that or did they say, we need to get you out of the house, we're sending you to writing camp? Well, now that I'm a parent, I'm wondering if it was the latter. (laughs) It's gotta be. It's gotta be. I think eight-year-old us Uses. You we're, know, that would be not... a great question for our parents. Like, I feel like when I was growing up, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I totally wanted to go. And now that I'm a parent, I'm like, I bet my parents were like, get out of get this house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, so either, e- either we chose it or our parents kicked us out, right. which good for them. Um. So, uh, yeah, we met there. It was, I don't think it was really love at first sight. Um, I remember... No, I think we had like a play date. We had was a play it, date. And I think that we kind of lost touch maybe a little bit. Um, but then a few years later, we ended up going to the same gifted and talented elementary school. And, um, you know, that kind of started this, like, this phase of like, we went to the same elementary school, middle school, high school, and college. The other thing was I moved close to you in eighth grade. I moved like across, you know, in the same neighborhood. We were also on swim teams. So like a lot of it from an exterior situation is kind of based on proximity and like us being in the same realms. Um, did you say college already? Because we went to college together too. I think I did say college. So high school, okay, well, just in, elementary middle, school, elementary middle school, school, high school, college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just so crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. And we didn't do any of that on purpose. No. Like 
your parents picked... So the thing about our elementary school is that we were... It was kids from all over the district. And so we didn't live anywhere near each other nope. at first. No. Nope. Um, but then, yeah, your parents like picked a house in the neighborhood that I already lived in. And, right. um, and I think... And high school, like... It just the whole uh, every bit of it. Like we didn't choose to go to college together. No, nope, we did not. We, you were going to go to like Pepperdine we, or something. I, I was. I was. I was. I wanted to go somewhere beachy, which right. makes sense. But then also, we didn't choose to study abroad together. We did, right? Um, which right. was a huge thing in in huge both thing. of our lives. Right. But we made the decision independently. It's just that we made the same decisions. Like yes, we were also in choir together. We also did swim team. None of this like by us saying that we wanted to do this stuff together. So now that I have kids and I can kind of like observe my four-year-old and how she makes friends, I actually think that you and I were just like, we're friends. Like we're both, hi, I'm Michelle. I'm I'm Stephanie. We're friends. And then like over years, it was like, you know, so much time spent together and so much interacting and so much like, and then, you know, you get to college and we've already been friends for like a decade. And then... By the time we had to actually work on being friends, we were already really far into our friendship. And it was like, you were part of me <laughs> at that point, <laughs> you know? And um, so, yeah, that's like kind of how... I think that potentially studying abroad was like a big turning point between like, yeah. she's my best friend to like, this woman is like a part of my soul potentially because... <laughs> Like you had gone through that whole faith journey and uh, that I had also been going on or, you know, so, but yeah. And then even since then, like after we graduated, we both went abroad. You went on the world race. I moved to Spain. We were still talking at least once a week. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, with that being said, like I truly believe you and I have probably had more, I don't want to say fights, Because I don't think, I mean, I'm sure we had fights, especially if we were in like middle school, right? Middle school, high school, because you're kind of an idiot. And, you know, as I mentioned, I had some tendencies, like some mean girl tendencies that I had to like deal with in my life. Um, But you and I, like every fight that we had, I feel like made us a better person and brought us closer together. So Stephanie and I both said this. Stephanie and I got married within like a year of each other, year and a half. And um, I think we always said that like, being friends with each other prepared us for marriage in the fact that like we definitely had times of conflict and tension and times where it was like, oh, this is uncomfortable or blah, blah, blah. But like we always, you know, met each other and fleshed it out and then became better. So yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I think that there's kind of this misconception about well, one, I, I know that there's some women listening who are like, you know, I don't know that I have a best friend and I definitely don't have one that I've known since I was eight. And I like, I want to pause and say that while some people have that story and we have that story together, you and I also have the story of having really amazing friends that we've met in the last, like I have friends that I've met just in the last handful of years. Totally. So it's it's not required that you meet when you're eight years old in order to be best friends. Right. And, and also like who you are when you're eight and who you are when you're 18 and then who you are when you're 28, they're all very different. And so right. I think the chances that you're going to have a best friend like or that you're going to have someone that you are the exact same people you are all along the way, like that's that's super rare. Right. And I will say like, yes, you and I are you and I are as close as probably two heterosexual women can be. Um, (laughs) But a lot of our like upbringing and a lot of our longevity of our friendship was circumstantial. Like we didn't choose to go to the same, like we, it just kind of, I mean, I'm pretty sure anyone, if they were in our situation, well, maybe not anyone, but like you would be close with someone if they were in every single phase of your life and all of your extracurriculars and like blah, blah, blah. So it just so happens that we're really blessed that was our story and that we came out like being ride or die, like I'll step into traffic for this woman types. But yeah, it's cool to have that story, but I don't think it's like, it's just circumstantial. It's not, it's our story, but it's not everyone's story. It's not prescriptive. And, and, And I really do think that you're right that like in college is when we, um, that's when I, I mean, I remember we did a lot of things together, a lot of things together mm-hmm. all the way through. And you were there for like all of my formative experiences. Right, yeah. But I don't remember them being like, I, I think that they were formative. We were like side by side having formative experiences. I don't feel like we were totally like 
linking arms in them. Thinking about that in the in like the prep for this call is you and I are actually like not that similar. <laughs> no. And we never really in the same cliques, especially in high school and college, right? So like you were always my friend Stephanie, like the sorority girlfriend. And like, or when I think of maybe someone, maybe like um, our friend Amanda in, in high school with you, you guys like both went for cheerleading and you both went for leadership and you both went for like, and you and I were like on completely different, not completely, but like different tracks, really. Like we had, mm-hmm. I was a theater kid, an emo kid. Um, you were like on student leadership and a, you know, Chi Omega and like, it, it, but we always, for whatever reason, like all of the formative experiences that we had, we would call each other and like, So that's kind of cool. I kind of like, I mean, honestly, if you like Stephanie and I are so different, like I think that especially when it comes to like your brand (laughs) of like, (laughs) it's all like champagne and bubbles and like pink. And I'm just like, get me a studded belt and some black nail polish or something. Anyway, oh so, my gosh. Oh yeah. my gosh. I can't. I right. can't. Um, <laughs> I really do. I really do like that though, because I think that you for me were I, like, I think that that kind of flies in the face of another like misconception about best friends or about friends in general is that you have to have all the same interests. You have to be in the exact same thing at the exact same time. And you for me were this you know, I had, I've talked about this a bunch of times, but I've had really great friends my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, because you've been my friend for most of my life. Right. Um, but yeah. then I've also had some like kind of toxic friendships through most of my life up mm-hmm. until, you know, a handful of years ago when I just was like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. And you were just this really safe place for me that was outside of my regular everyday mm-hmm. world, even though like, you know, in high school, we were, we spent a lot of time together. We did a lot of things together, but like, you know, you weren't on the dance team with me. And so you were a person that I could talk to about how I was feeling about all of that. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, you weren't in my sorority. You were like, we were in different sororities. Mm -hmm. And so we could just be this kind of like safe, like annex, like, like away from each other. Yeah. And up Um, in that point, or away from our our normal lives. And up to, by the time we were in high school and college, we'd already had, like I said, a decade of history. So it was like, yeah, there was no explanation of like, we knew, we knew each other very well. So in those moments where we needed to be each other's like sounding board outside of things, we didn't, there was no like explanation needed of like, yeah, because we knew each other really well. Yeah. I want to circle back to that because I know that again, there are women listening who are like, that, that explain your history thing. I was just talking to a friend of mine about that. And she was like, I can't anymore. She's like, if I make a friend today, I'm just like, we're starting today. I can't even give you the backstory. Um, and that is yeah. that's super hard. But I want to just kind of touch on one more thing about our friendship in particular. Mm. What are some of the things that you've learned are important or learned how to do in friendship from our friendship that you take into other friendships? Like what are some of our, I guess, friendship must-haves? Right. I think probably because we learned them we learn them from each other, either from doing it wrong, you know, from being like, mean to each other or... Right. Um, <laughs> to each other. Um, like, but then learning how to do it right. I think one thing that you and I have been really good at, and you and I joke about, like, I feel like so much of the stuff that we developed in our friendship also applies to, like, universal friendships, but it also just, like, taught us to be in a marriage, too, because um, my first thing that I think about is, like, you and I are extremely honest with each other and very transparent. So... To me, I think that you and I have an understanding that things that are in the dark fester and the longer that you can bring things into the light and discuss them, you dis- you disarm them immediately. So like, I do feel like this took us years because we also were in middle school together and high school together. But like, you know, as we matured, it was like, if you have an issue, tell me. I'm not in mind. And if you don't tell me, it's not my problem. Like, because we, yeah. and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I don't mean a, I don't care about you, but it's, we're not mind readers, right? So like, I think you and I came up with a rule maybe in like, even high school or college where it was like, if you say you're fine, I'm going to, I'm going to take that to heart and you're going to be fine. Right? Uh-huh. This yes. is not some sort of mind game, like mind reading type thing. Like, and I do yeah. genuinely feel like even in the last few years, 
you and I have been extremely upfront and nip things in the bud immediately. And yeah, in the same breath, we can handle that from each other. Like it's one... So do you get what I mean? Like it's one thing to be able to like give feedback and be honest. But then it also... You need to be someone that can take that and not let it like, you know, keep it light. You know, like, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) if you have a problem, talk about it, address it, figure it out and then move on with your life and leave it there. So I feel like that's something that you and I've had to do a lot. I'm trying to think of like, you and I kind of got in a fight a few years ago when I was at your house. Do you remember, do you remember what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah. And I think I just like looked at you immediately and was like, you're not being, I was like, you're not being very nice to me right now. And it was just immediate. And it wasn't like Mm -hmm. I kept it to myself and, you know, went away and or like went to anybody else being like, oh, have you seen Stephanie? Like she's such... It was like, Mm -hmm. if I have a problem with you, I'm going to tell you. Because the quicker that we can get over it and get past it, like the less impact it has. So I think that's a huge one. Yeah. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. 
If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash friendship. When you said you have to be able to take it, I thought of that phrase that people would say like back in middle school when it was cool to be mean to people. Like, you know, like you can't, like they can dish it out, but they can't take it. Well, okay, that's talking about like being mean or making fun of people. We're talking about like, I think... when you said you're not being very nice to me right now, that is has nothing to do with my character. That's not an attack. You're not telling me I'm a bad friend or a bad person. You're just saying stuff. You're just pointing something out, saying how the way that you're talking right now doesn't feel very good to me. Mm-hmm. And like either tell me what's wrong so that like, you know, oh, I'm mad about this. Okay, well then let's like fix it right now. Or if something's not wrong, then just like change your tone because it's coming across wrong or something like that. Like neither scenario is, both scenarios are are aimed at moving forward towards just getting it over with so that we can just go back to having fun together. So yeah, we're not talking about, we're not talking about being like giving harsh feedback or telling each other what's wrong with each other, anything like that. We're just saying like, this is, this is what I'm, understanding in the situation. This is how I feel. And the goal is never, you know, I've been in friendships before where the goal, it seems like, is to be mad at each other and to right. have drama and to have division. For us, it's like, we just want to get through this as fast as possible. Like, let's address whatever it is that's coming between us so that there isn't anything between us anymore. Right. And that like instant problem addressing or like really quick addressing of a problem has has served me so well in marriage. That's like one of the best things that I or think. Or just like, it, it, now that I think about it, you know, it really started with you and I learning that together. And then, yeah, I apply it in marriage. I apply it at work. I apply it with like everybody. Because part of me is like, the longer that I carried this like feeling around, mm-hmm. the worse it is for me. So it's almost better for, in a selfish way, for me to just bring it up and nip it in the bud. And then I think to kind of go to like what I look for nowadays in a friend is part of me is like, I should be able to give you feedback, not in a mean way, but, and it should make us better. So I think, you know, when I think about friendships today or, or newer friends, I think one thing that kind of gives me pause is if I'm not able to have that rapport with someone. Like an honest conversation about how to, what you each need and how to make the friendship better. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. One of the things that you taught me, and I remember you and Kelsey taught me. I've, I know I've talked about this, but it was so life changing for me. Um, I was really used to friendships being like when you walked out of the room, you felt like everyone was talking about you because they were. Um, <laughs> and I, I just remember how unsafe I always felt. Like I just never wanted to leave the room, or I never wanted to go back in, or like that was not a place where I could be my whole self because my whole self was criticized constantly, you mm-hmm. know. And we can really be that way to each other. And I remember when we were studying abroad, we had a group of three girls. It was Yumi and Kelsey, and Kelsey was your other best friend, really, like your right. other college best friend, other than me. And I like didn't know Kelsey super well, and um. So she was just this like incredible gift to get to know. Because mm-hmm. um, now, I mean, she's been my other best friend for a million years right. um, ever since. And, but we, you know, three girls in general can be a tough dynamic. For, you know, friends in general can be a tough dynamic. And I remember you guys laid out really early for me. And I think that this was maybe something that you did in other friendships or in your sorority or something mm-hmm. where you're like, we just don't talk about each other behind each other's back. We just don't do it. And we just set that as the baseline. Like it just doesn't happen. We're not doing it. And with that expectation out there, one, I didn't do it. Like I wasn't about to like gossip about you guys because you guys told me like straight up, don't do this. Mm. And then also it was like, oh my gosh, so I can just like be myself and know that when I leave, like no one's laughing about the things that I said or like talking about me in a way that would hurt my feelings. And and so I think that that trust has been just so key. And 
And I love that that com- combined with if something's wrong, you're going to tell me because right. I'm the kind of person that worries about that constantly. Like, you mm. know this about me. And so knowing that like, if something is wrong, you're going to, you're going to tell me, I don't have to second guess. I it's just not having to second guess is really right. game changing. Yeah. And I'm Completely with you. Agree. That's something I just will not, I can't do it anymore. My heart just can't take it. I don't have time for it. Yep. Um, I just won't do it anymore. Yep. Agreed. What are some other things that you, you know, being such a, friend magnet that you are, honestly. Mm. What, what are some other like must-haves in friendships for you? I mean, really to kind of bounce off to what you were, that what you were just saying is like, I, first of all, I, I think intuition is really important. And um, I feel like there's two different kinds of friends. There's, there's ones like you and me that are there for like the long haul. And you're like, you're going to, you're going to, you and I are going to be sitting on a porch in our eighties, like hanging out. And then there's other people that you can really, really enjoy for a season or really enjoy because of that proximity we talked about. And I think you see this a lot with like work friends, you Mm -hmm. know, like you can be really, really close with like a work friend. And then if one of you like changes jobs or something, you might not hear from them that much and, and that's okay. But I think for me, I really have to pay attention to do I like the person that I am when I'm around? Do I like myself when I'm around them? Like, do do they bring out... And again, not to be like... It's not like I'm walking around not interacting with anyone that doesn't bring out the best part of myself. But when I think of people that I really want to invest in, I'm like, do I like who I am when I'm around this person? Do I feel confident? Do I feel like a good person, really? So that's really important to me when I think of the people where I'm like... So when I was in college or when I was graduating college, my Bible study leader who was older than me told me, pick five women in your life today. Because obviously I think the transition from college to regular life is like one of the biggest transitions you'll ever have, especially in terms of friendship. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because you go from like, in some cases you're like on the same street in your college town and then everyone just like scatters all over the country. Right. Yeah. Um, And so they said, she said, pick, you know, I don't think she said five, but she was like, pick a handful two to five of friends that you won't let your leave your life and make a make a promise that you're gonna like maintain your relationship with them. And when I think of the five that I picked, these people bring out the best in me. These people like when I'm around them, like I feel really good about myself. Uh, When I leave, I'm not like questioning like, did we did we honor other people and how we acted? Um, You know, did I feel dumb? Did I feel you know, I one of my biggest insecurities is um, that people think I'm dumb, which uh, I think you know that Stephanie. So, so if I if someone makes me feel dumb, again, I'm not trying to be like Axe. I'm never going to interact with you ever again. You like you, but it's but when I think of the people that I'm going to continually invest time in, those are the type of people. It's like, do they bring out the best in me? And then I guess in the other kind of like the nah um, field is it it's a kind of a big turnoff to me when I think that someone is really critical. And I think when you think, when I think of the times in my life when I've heard people talk badly, talk S-H-I-T about other people. <laughs> no, this is a ch- child-friendly podcast and I had a feeling <laughs> I'd have to censor myself like, like at some point. Someone's, but... <laughs> someone's kid, someone's kids are listening. You know, when I think of the times that I've been sitting around people that like talk bad. To me, they're just overly critical. Like a lot of the time I'm like, wow, I didn't even notice that about that person or, you know, so it's kind of a turnoff to me if someone's really critical and then I see them talk bad about someone else. Because just like you said, I'm like, wow, if their level of being critical is that high, they will absolutely find something wrong with me. And I don't, I can't really deal with that insecurity. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm not really going to like invest in that because I don't want to be I don't want to be really close to, with someone that I think is going to find something wrong with me really easily. So, yeah. And discount you because of it. Like, right. Like, you know, all the things that are wrong with me and yes. vice versa. But right. it's like, we're not hunting for them and we're yes. not, we're not discounting each other because of them. Right. Exactly. Being in so, together. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Is there, yeah. Is there anything else? You know, I mean, just personal wise, like, I think, you know, you also really, it's, ideally, and again, I say ideal because it's, especially at this time in our lives or kind of the older you get, it's it's hard to make friends and it's hard to like make new friends. So I don't want it to sound like you have a hundred friends and you have to pick like 
the two that are the best or something like that. But I do think that one of the best ways to feel strong in a friendship is to have an equal level of you're both putting in work to maintain the friendship. You know, I think that we, especially at this age, can all relate to like, maybe you're friends with someone and like, you're the only one calling them. You're the one that's making all the plans. You're the one that like, there really has to give some give and take for everyone to feel valued. And obviously, like the older we get, and you know, as you grow into adulthood and jobs and responsibilities and bills and, you know, that's harder to do. But I I think that there has to be like a, a give and take of energies. You know, yeah. like, um, I care about you, you care about me. This time I'll come fly see you. Next time you come fly see me, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Because it can feel, I mean, to me, one-sided friendships, like, no, I don't mean to, I'm sure that they are, they're, they can be heartbreaking because it's, it's kind of like a, you know, a, like a romantic relationship. You're like, do you even like me? Like, but yeah. you want to, you know, you really want to be in that kind of pattern of actually putting effort in. I think that just like in romantic relationships, I think we stay in friendships sometimes because we, I think, don't necessarily feel like we have permission not to mm. or or because we're afraid that there isn't something better. And the thing that's so beautiful about friendship that's different from like most romantic relationships is that they're not monogamous. Like you don't have to yep. just pick one person to be yep. friends with in your life. And most of us have capacity for at least two, if not more, really good friends and yeah. and friends in different ways. And so most women are, or, and I mean, we can get into male friendships, but I just, we'll just go with women because that's a whole different thing. Like women, all women are options of potential friends for you. And right. so if, if the person that you are pursuing right now isn't pursuing you back and it's like a pattern for a while, that's one deal with that. Like, you know, mm. there are some tears to be shed. Like it's yeah. the loss of a friendship isn't talked about enough. It's a really heartbreaking thing. Yeah. But there, there is someone who will. Like the, mm. every woman needs friends and you have friendship to offer. And so therefore you are like the puzzle piece that's shaped like, like there's a hole for you. Right. And it's worth, it's worth pursuing instead of just staying in a friendship where you're not being pursued and feeling like you're unworthy because of it. It's oh, it's circumstantial. It's that person not personalities. It's personalities. It's that person being kind of unhealthy. It's that person being kind of overloaded. Like right. I've been, like I feel like there are a handful of people who would say that I haven't been a very good friend to them in the last couple of years because friends, I am maxed out. Right. Like I just don't have it. Yeah. Um. And so we all have seasons that are like that as well. And so, but it's not because you're a bad person. It's not because you're not a good friend. And so instead of sitting in a friendship where you constantly feel rejected and unloved, let's find you some friends who actually have like have a spot for you. Right. And and also on that note, like we we grow when we mature and our life's circumstances change, right? So like when my Bible study with leader was like pick five women, you know, at that time I was 23, living alone, single, and had the capacity to call my friends, you know, those five women very regularly, pursue them very strongly, you know, arrange lunch date, you know, phone calls during our lunch breaks at work, or I would fly, you know, I would fly to like go see you or Lau or, or, um, you know, I would put in the effort. And then, you know, just like you, <laughs> flash forward to now, you and I both have kids husbands, careers. And I have had to kind of shift my definition of what the actions in a good friendship are because I've had to be like, okay, maybe I don't talk to Lauren Lau, <laughs> one of my other best friends, Stephanie knows, <laughs> um, you know, every single month or week like I used to, but she's, that doesn't change the fact that she's still one of my five. And the times that we are going to be able to talk are going to be just as important. It's just going to look a little different because we're all maxed out. Yeah, And not yeah. even just like being a mom or like, it, it's, you know, the older you get, just the more responsibilities you have. And it's just harder to be as available. So Yeah. One of the things that I have really liked, you know, so, and we've talked about this on the show before, but I live far away from most of my best friends. You know, I mean, I've lived far away from you for... Seven years. years. Eight years. Oh, no. yeah. It's a long, it's longer. Long, long. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. 12. I think, I think it's 12. 
I think the last time I lived in Colorado was 12 years ago, which is insane. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but our friendship is still stronger than ever because of because of the ways that we have still made time for our friendship. And so our mm. we don't do we don't get to do the like everyday, like we don't grocery shop together. We don't, we don't get to go on happy our lunch hour. breaks. <laughs> yeah, we don't like I don't get to I never get to go to happy hour with you guys. Um, but I fly to Denver periodically. You guys mm-hmm. come visit me here. Mm-hmm. We do trips together. Like, yeah. you know, in the fall, we did um, a mountain cabin weekend with mm-hmm. all of our kids. It was yep. wild. Yep. And like, not always in the fun way, more right. in the like diapers everywhere way. <laughs> yes. uh, still fun. But so we, we, and so we don't have the quantity anymore and we haven't for a really long time, but we have like really serious quality. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, but that's true for our phone calls and stuff too, because um, I mean, we talk, we text about like, you know, nothing basically yep. all the time, you know, right. in our group threads, but our really long catch-ups are further, like there's more time between them than there used to be, yep. but they're still really, really quality. Right. And I also think that there's a decision that you make in friendships and and both people need to make the decision, but that you're going to be the kind of friends where you maybe haven't talked for a month, but you're picking up where you left off. Right, totally. Misha, I want to know what are some of the things that, you know, so give me like some ideas of the things that you've done to pursue your friendships. Like just dig into that a little more, you know, more at the beginning when you picked your five. Right. um, And then some of the things you're doing now because you really are like an absolute expert at it. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm the queen of the the lunch break catch-up, right? So when I think of, you know, when I think of my best friends, so you don't live here. Lauren doesn't live here. uh, Kelsey lives here, but Amanda doesn't live here. She, Mm -hmm. Stephanie knows everyone we're talking about. Sorry, guys. (laughs) But like, I'm just naming names so no one knows who these people are. Um, I'm like, "Mm -hmm, I guess the mm -hmm. point is about half, about half of my like people that I would consider best friends don't even live here. So I'm always texting people being like, hey, like when, when can you talk this week? And um, throwing it on my calendar, you know, like, okay, Wednesday lunch, like you and I are going to talk. And, you know, I know we always talk about, not you and I, but like, you know, the whole the big like hot girl walk type thing. I've been doing hot girl walks during lunch. And Michelle, uh, I just, this morning at four o'clock in the morning, I'm not kidding. I just woke <laughs> up and couldn't fall back asleep. Found out about that. That's the very first time I did not walk. know. Yeah. You know, I don't have TikTok. <laughs> I didn't. I, and you. I found out, I found out from CNN.com's homepage. <laughs> like, and like a, like a grown up, like a really boring grown up. Well, yes. So the hot girl walk is basically someone discovered, apparently, I'm being sarcastic because walking has always been like good for you. But um, hot girl walks is basically like you go on walks so that you're healthy and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So but you dress um, up. What? Are you like, you're supposed to like look cute. And then you think about... Are you about, supposed to? I thought it was just yeah. like, you walk so that you can be hot. Like I thought no, it was like, hot you, girl you walks. get hot. <laughs> you get hot. You like oh, dress up that is in not like my, kind of a cute not my, <laughs> so, That's not what's happening over here. <laughs> no, yeah. You're I'm just already going hot. on walks you, so that I will be hotter. <laughs> no, you are already hot. You like put on makeup a little bit. You like put on a cute little... I don't know, athleisure outfit. You go on a walk and you think you're supposed to think about three things. You're supposed to think about why, what you're grateful for, your goals, and then you're supposed to think how think about how hot you are. Dude, you're I welcome, feel like guys. you got to send this to your audience because I disagree. <laughs> I thought that hot girl walk was like a health thing so that you could it like... Is a, no, it, no, it is a health thing, but that's okay. part of it. It's sort of it's sort of like TikTok meditation where you go and you, oh, you're, okay, you okay, think okay, about okay. these things. But yeah, no, it's, it's, for, it's your for the purpose. For like it's your, for your wellness. Yeah, yeah self-care or whatever. So I have these, obviously, AirPods. <laughs> They're amazing. I only got them like a year ago. But I'll like go on a hot girl walk. I've done this with you, Stephanie. Exercise and talk at the same time. Like I'll go on a yeah. walk outside for an hour and I'll talk to a friend. Um, yeah. So those are always like my go-tos because... You know, after work, I'm with kids and my or my husband. Uh, you know, I'm going to bed the second my kids go to bed because that's oh, just yeah. how I roll. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so, really, like the only kind of margin that I have in my life is like my lunch break, honestly. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the only, I guess, when it comes to like maintaining my friendships. And then also, just like you know, over the years, I've had to 
you know, condense my social circle and not in like an exclusive, not in like an exclusive way, but you know, you get, you know, you get busy and, and, and you, you know, in my case, I had three kids, including two babies. And to me, I probably keep in touch with like four people. Whereas maybe right out of college, I mean, I was a social, insanely social person, kept in touch with like 10 to 15 people, you know, like my, so that's been another thing of like really investing in less so that I can be deeper in those particular friendships as I get older. Yeah. Um, I know that commutes also, like lunch, lunch break, commutes. I used to do commutes a but lot. I don't commute. Yeah. Uh, but now I work fully remote, so I don't do that anymore. But you know that. I'd be like, you and I used to talk, Stephanie and I used to talk every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. when I was driving to work. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, I, I think that the calendar is your friend. And I remember mm-hmm. that being like, it's kind of an unattractive friendship thing. To, and you've actually always done this because you're like really organized and you have always like thrived on a schedule. Yeah. And so you've always been a person who's like, this is, you know, this is my schedule. This is, and so let's do this on this day. You've always been really intentional that way. Yep. And I think that there, you know, for a while was this idea that if, that you should be able to be spontaneous with your friends and and that it wasn't like, it didn't count as much if you had to put it on the calendar. I think that that's so wrong. And the calendar is my favorite tool for friendship because you and I will put on our Google calendars when we're going to talk. And so it actually happens. And so that way, nothing else gets in the way. It's like set in stone. And same with same with trips. Like we will put a trip on the calendar six months to 18 months in advance. Yep. And that time's going to pass anyway. And at the end of it, we have a trip together and that's amazing. Right. Right. Or same with like dinners with your friends. Sometimes Mm -hmm. like I have two really close friends and we try to get dinner once a month. And like we, I think are about to put our our April date on the calendar so Mm -hmm. that we just like absolutely know that this is going to happen. Right. Um, And it won't always be like, I don't think our lives will always be kind of this type of busy they're always going to have stuff going on. And I think, you know, we know this about anything. If you don't make time for it, it doesn't happen. Totally. And I think like, this is kind of a no duh thing. So I don't even know if it's like worth saying, but I also think that like the best way to maintain friendships and one of the best ways, one of the best ways to maintain friendships and one of the ways to really like just end a friendship, it like is you got to show up. Like now that changes a little bit now with like, obviously we have tiny humans that we need to keep alive, right? But like, when I think of like weddings, I will be there for every, like I will be there for everything, okay? I will do all I can. Um, Obviously I was pregnant with twins. So there were some things that I had to say no to, but you know, life milestones, promotions, family deaths, occurrences, tragedies, like it should tell you a lot if you go through one of those things and someone that you think is your best friend doesn't show up. Because to me, like maybe kind of going back to like the communication thing, maybe you don't talk every month, maybe you don't talk every six months, but like to me, a best friend's going to be there like when the SHIT hits the fan mm-hmm. for all the, all the yeah. kids out there. All the kids in the room. Um, <laughs> I, I Yeah, you have always been that way. And, you know, I think that one of the things that... I've talked about before, this was kind of a lesson for me when I had to learn a lot about boundaries um, because I value relationships so much. I feel like I have a hard time saying, like putting a stop to it or saying like, I can't come to this. Or Mm. if I possibly can, even if it kills me, I feel like I should. Mm. Um, And having a, a clearer picture of who's in my life and what their role is in my life. And it changes in different seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, makes it so that I know how to allocate my time a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And so an example is like, you know, I can't go to every... Like, I'm not invited to that many weddings these days. I feel like you go through like seasons. Right. <laughs> so um, these days is or like this time in life isn't quite as a wedding isn't as wedding heavy as other times right. have been, but there, like, there's a wedding that I really want to go to in April that like we just can't, we can't go to. It. It's far away, and we just can't make it work with all the mm-hmm. other stuff happening. But like our one of our mutual best friends, Amanda, is getting married, and I'm like, I didn't even 
ask Carl if I could go. Like I didn't even I didn't even <laughs> present it as a question. <laughs> yeah, to go to her bachelorette party because it's Amanda. So like That's, and yep. even like my in-laws know. So like they will be taking the girls if Carl has right. something that week, you know, whatever. Like everyone just knows. Amanda is so high on the list that it's Amanda. We're going. And oh, like, yeah, totally. I like the same way. Question. Like, yeah. that's, I was the exact same. So, so Amanda, who we mentioned earlier on the podcast, uh, is one of our, one of our best friends from high school. And she's getting married in September and her bachelorette party's in May. And like, dude, I've been the exact same way. Like, I've just basically, I didn't even ask permission, like th- from Alan, because there's also like, there's a financial component and like, la, 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 la. I'm just like, we're doing it. Yeah. It's yeah, you're not even like, okay, where does this fit in with everything else? It's like it's it doesn't. This is like this is a rock in the river. Like the everything yes. else goes around it. Yes. Um and so yes. just knowing like who those people are, I think has really been helpful for me. And but it really can change in different seasons mm. and how many things you can have at a time changes in different seasons. So there yes. were there were things that I would like stop the presses for that I just can't anymore because the yep. presses like need me to feed them right. three times a day. And on that note, like kind of the what we talked about earlier about like being able to give feedback and take feedback. Like there has to be an understanding between two parties of like how where they are in their life, you know, like mm-hmm. I think that you and I have a very mutual understanding that like we have a lot of stuff going on right now. So we're not going to talk to each other probably as much as like we did two years ago. And that's Mm -hmm. okay with both of us because we get it, you Mm -hmm. know? So there has to kind of be an understanding of like, you know, where people are in their lives. And I think we did talk about that potentially in the podcast with Stephanie and Kelsey where like we, you just need to be really be aware of where someone is in their life and Mm -hmm. um, what they're dealing with, whether it be you know, tragedy or mental illness or kids, you know, stuff like that. So that's yeah. important as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked a couple of times in this conversation about like, you know, our best friend, Amanda or whatever. And so I feel like there are some people sitting here who are like, I have one favorite song and one favorite color and one favorite food. And then there are people who are more like me who are like, Carl just could not understand for so long how everything would be the best thing ever. He was like, you are cheapening words. Like, like you are cheapening the idea of the best thing ever by saying everything is the best thing ever. Yeah. He just didn't get it for so long. And then he realized like, that's how I feel though, is like legitimately this in the world right now is the best thing ever. So how do you, are you allowed to have more than one best friend? How do you kind of reconcile that? Um, so I will say that Alan, my husband, really gets on me. I think it's maybe it's just like a male thing. I have no idea. But um, Alan also really gets on me because I think when we first started dating, I was like, my best friend this, my best friend this, my best friend this. And it was always different people. And Alan was like, it's not the best if there's more than one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's be clear. The word is best. Okay, but when I'm saying best, I mean this person that I care about insanely, who I love deeply. And mm-hmm. that... I'm allowed to feel that way about more than one person. And we all are, yeah. okay? Yeah. Um, when I say best friend, I really mean like someone who's like, who is so dear, dear, dear to my heart. And to me, that's absolutely allowed to be more than one person. Um, and I think the other thing that I had to learn, like, so when when Stephanie and I and our friend Kelsey studied abroad, we it was the three of us, right? And... Stephanie was my childhood best friend, okay? Like we had known each other, you know, we just went through the whole spiel of how we know each other. And then Kelsey, I met freshman year of high school. Sorry, college, College. freshman year of college. And she was in my sorority, right? And her and I are simultaneously getting very, very close. Like everyone in our sorority knew that we were like a little couple, you know, that we were like really, really good friends. We did everything together. We lived together. Uh, We were roommates, blah, blah, blah. So fast forward to us studying abroad, the three of us, Stephanie and Kelsey are not that close to each other, right? But they hit it off, right? So they so so they get along swimmingly and the three of us do everything together for that entire semester. I think that there were times that I really struggled because I felt like there like I was sitting there watching these two people become extremely extremely close. And it was difficult for me because I felt like they were finding out things about each other that I already knew about both of them. So it was hard for me to even really be involved. So I was just kind of sitting there being like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, you know. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. 
And I think there, I don't want to say I got jealous, but I think that I was like a little bit like, yeah, I don't know the word. I think I just felt like a little uncomfortable. And the thing that I had to realize is like them having a good friendship doesn't say anything, doesn't take away from how my friendships with them individually are. Like the two of them, and, and Stephanie, you you and I and Kelsey have been doing having this dynamic for the last decade, right? So Kelsey will come and visit you without me, or and that's completely okay. Or you come home and spend time with time with Kelsey potentially without me because I'm I'm not available, or you and I have a one-on-one, or you know, we're always in this kind of dance for the last decade since we started abroad. And like I've just had to realize that my relationship with someone that is exclusive between me and them. And them being friends with someone else or caring deeply about someone else does not affect that. So that's kind of what I've had to do in terms of navigating like jealousy or feeling left out. Like, you know, we can all have really good relationships and like there's not a limit on like the love that we can show to other people or the friendship that we can have to other people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess my answer is like, if you're not allowed to have more than one best friend, then I'm screwed because uh, <laughs> I have been doing it for a long time. <laughs> then, then yeah, uh, if that's wrong, I don't want to be right. Right. Um, right. Like true. I love. I love that answer, and um, I think that that really is the best thing about friendship is that it just it multiplies. Like it's not there is enough to go around. There really is, and anyone who makes you feel like there isn't doesn't know how to do it. Like is doing right. it wrong. That right. whole like you can't sit with us. There's not room at our table. Thing is just it's not real. Or like there's mm. not. And like there are times in life where we ha- we each do have a finite amount of energy, so there's so there's truth to it in that way. You can't be friends with everybody. You can't in, in, invest deeply in everyone like mm. as much as you may want to. There's mm. a limit in that way, but not in terms of. It's not like getting picked for gym class, right? Where like totally, and, and and but we've been made to feel like it is for most of our lives because at the time we were in middle school and we were in high school, right. but we're not anymore. And if you are at this age and you're still exclusive and you're like, oh, we're best friends, you can't be our friend, or blah blah blah, grow up, <laughs> <laughs> grow up. Like that seems really juvenile to me. Yeah, yeah. There's more so. than a, more than enough more right. than enough to go around. <laughs> exactly. Um. Michelle, I love you. We could talk about everything. So we're going to just have to have you back. I love you, friend. Thanks for coming. I love you too. You guys, isn't Michelle amazing? I just love her and I love this conversation and I'm so happy I got to share it with you. One thing I wanted to mention quickly is I know we talked about a lot in today's episode. And so if you want to find the links for any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website. It's girlsnightpodcast.com. And for every episode, we have a blog post with the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talked about. The other thing I wanted to mention is that if you haven't had a chance yet, it would mean so much to me if you would take just a second to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. We've gotten so many amazing five-star reviews from y'all and you've left the sweetest comments. I can't tell you how much it means to me. And it also helps out the podcast more than you can imagine. So if you haven't yet, please take just one quick second to leave us a rating and a review. Thanks so much. All right, friends, it's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night. And trust me, you are going to love this next one. I'll see you then.